Hey, this is Chad from King's Kaleidoscope, and you're listening to the Church Collective Podcast. This is episode number 103 of the Church Collective Podcast. In this episode, Miles, Adam, and Chris were able to talk with Chad from King's Kaleidoscope about the new album, Beyond Control. And man, there are some really, really deep and great things to hear in this episode. I'm going to just jump straight into it. Here we go. Episode number 103 of the Church Collective Podcast. Our sophomore record is coming out this Friday. It's called Beyond Control. We spent the last couple months um, recording it. Um, I've been producing it here at my uh, my humble home studio <laughs> in Seattle, Washington. And um, yeah, apart from that, we're we're you know making some a uh, little bit more um, extensive touring plans for this year. But yeah, it's just a record that we're really excited or excited about. It's a concept heavy and kind of very themed record um that has a lot it kind of goes extremes both ways it goes um there's more carefree and lighthearted stuff than i think we've ever done before and there's also um just some really heavy heavy topics and and um and yeah just kind of intense vibe um more so than we've ever done before at the same time so it's all there and we're really excited about it yeah, awesome. Why don't, why don't you share with us sort of the, I don't know, kind of kind of how you guys came to the new way, way you're doing things and maybe even sort of a step away from making like a straight up just like kind of worship record that would have, you know, more congregational songs. Kind of walk mm-hmm. us through that process of where you guys are at now with songwriting. Yeah, well, you know, I spent seven years um, as a worship director and that's kind of what I've done for the bulk of my, I guess you'd say, like adult life, um, up to uh, making Becoming Who We Are, which is our first record that came out two years ago. And that record was a big pivot record because I had just transitioned from working at uh, Marshall Church in Seattle, um, kind of before it actually, uh, you know, completely kind of shut down. But so that record had a lot of stuff sort of left over from that part of my life and that time of my life we had a few hymns on that record and a few other covers um but then there was obviously like a lot of newer songs that wouldn't be sung in church um like dreams and 139 and and ache and and lots of like more just personal um and kind of um, emotional stories for me and kind of how those things um, come, come up come up to the gospel and how the gospel interacts with me and just different things in my life. So now that I'm not doing that, um, really, I'm not in the in a in a worship director role, and I haven't been for a few years. Um, and the the band doesn't do that regularly. That's not something that we um, we go to different churches now and. Um, I, I mean, I, my family loves the church we go to, but I just attend, you know, sometimes I play guitar with the, the worship director there, but, um, you know, this record is definitely just, it's the second half of that pivot that was on becoming who we are. It's, it's me, uh, writing about my life and stories about my life and just ideas that I'm really thinking about and that are, you know, weighing on me and, um, how those things come in contact with the gospel and how the gospel reshapes the way I view life and um, 
yeah, just see things, see the world. So that's kind of that's kind of where this record is sitting at, and it feels really natural to us because I think there are a lot of bands that you know they're not part of one church and they they write worship songs for the church at large and they travel around and doing that, but that's just not really natural for us as a band. We we feel like at this point we're we're a group of friends that likes to hang out and play music and that's kind of what our natural rhythm is. So it's become a very natural rhythm to, for me to, to write more personal songs um, that share my story and that, you know, the rest of the, the guys and gals in the band can resonate with um, to, you know, one degree or another. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I think that's, insightful people can hear your guys process and um i know you guys have had a lot of major changes and your personal lives and in the band and stuff so thanks for thanks for sharing that um why don't you walk us through um maybe like your top two or or three however many you want to do just a couple like tracks from the new uh record and maybe the songwriting process and kind of the heart behind those songs yeah um man it's it's hard for me to to pick a few. I mean, I, I mean, not like saying that. <laughs> I just the whole thing is so. There's a lot to it. Um, yeah, it's like asking what your favorite band is. Yeah, like, totally. Uh... <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's it's a reflection of me, so it all feels like close to my heart. But mm-hmm. the the um, I don't know what the, what you call it, but in every Disney movie, there's like this rule that you know, within the first like ten or fifteen minutes, they they play a song, and it's like this is the crisis. And then like, yeah. it has to end. I don't know what it's called. It's called like the armature. I don't know. Something like that. Anyways. And that song on this record is, um, a song called enchanted, which, uh, very much outlines the theme behind this record, which the theme, I, I was very heavily inspired, um, to sort of dig into this idea after hearing a sermon, um, just at my church one Sunday, um, basically talking about, seeing the world as an enchanted place that is uh you have to you have to accept the fact that you're very vulnerable to the danger within it and the wildness of it and that's something that is really hard to do but it's also really enchanting to live that way and the the flip side of that would be seeing the world as something that's too scary and too wild and that needs to be tamed and that our existence, um, we need to be buffered from like everything spiritual and everything that we can't control. And, but beyond control is enchantment. It's enchantment with God's kingdom. It's enchantment with, um, the adventure that life is and sort of how I think Tolkien says it, um, he's talking about, you know, a a world like this. And he says it's where both, um, joy and sorrow are as sharp as swords mm. and that's a hard place to be but it also pays great dividends in that that's the reality and um you know fortifying ourselves from that doesn't really pay off in the end so enchanted it basically outlines that it outlines living in a modern digital information crazy world um where we're actually isolated and lonely and everything is cold and dark versus, and then on the choruses, I'm, I'm basically, you know, 
you know, calling out to God saying, break me free to live enchanted beyond control. Mm. Um, and I go on to say, hide me in your mystery. So it's not this, it's not this cry to like, give me the answers <clears throat> so that I can go through life um, <clears throat> feeling in control. It's saying, <clears throat> you know, help me to accept the fact that I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen next year. And that's okay. Um, because you're with me. And that really is a big theme on the record. Like it goes all the way through <clears throat> probably the simplest song we've ever done. It's, it's really just like a fun song called most of it where we just thought like, man, we all have like, like babies now, uh, a few of us. And we're like, well, what's like a simple lesson you would teach a kid. And we have this song called just make the most of it. It's really simple um, to, you know, that's the simplest way to, to put like life is going to throw you really difficult things. And, um, you know, when, when we made our last record that, you know, we, there's, I've talked about this a lot, but we, my wife and I went through a ton of stuff, lost my father-in-law. We lost our first child to a stillbirth. Um, you know, people know that like we let my, both my wife and I left our jobs at Marshall church before it collapsed. Like it was just brutal. And, one of the biggest things that we, you know, uh, learned through that or, or just like reminded ourselves through that was we had this banner on our wall that just said, it's okay. <laughs> mm. And it was like the greatest, simplest gospel reminder. Like God is sovereign. It's okay. And we would just tell ourselves that over and over again. And that's kind of what most of it is basically a song about that part of our lives. Um, but then, yeah, like, the record, you know, goes on, like there's another song called Dust that um, I'm really, really happy about. And it it talks about, it's, a, it's basically Ecclesiastes, you know, in a song. And it talks, talks about how everything that we strive for and that we build and, um, you know, that we work hard at is just dust. And everything's, I say, evanescent, fading fast. And then the chorus is, you are all I really have. It's basically saying, and, and for some reason, though, that's a really incredibly freeing truth that, um, you know, stacking up the experiences of life and the accomplishments really doesn't matter. And it's all going to vanish. And actually telling yourself that really frees you to just be able to be. Um, so, yeah. And then I'd say the, uh, the last highlight for me is the final track called trackless C and it, it is a heavily kind of chopped up and modified hymn um, where I wrote a few more pieces on it. But uh, that song is really, there's just so many subtleties in this record and that song has a, a really cool one that I really appreciate, which is that the text is declaring um, a very like complete inner peace that Jesus gives but musically, I feel uh, like very back and forth singing it. The chords take a really weird minor shift. And it's that feeling of when you tell yourself the truth again and again and again, even though you don't feel it. Mm. So like, you know how, you know, I mean, David like does it in the Psalms. Um, and it's something that we do where we, we have to preach the truth to ourselves, even while we're not feeling it. And then midway through the song in the bridge, um, I sing, I'm holding on to feelings in between. The faith I want is bound in apathy. I'm tired of doubt and feeling in between. 
still this hope I hold is my reality. Mm. And I think, you know, becoming who we are is storied with like birth out of struggle. And in the past two years since that came out, I've been kind of living in the wake of that. Honestly, really just trying to recover and spending a lot of time um, just still dealing with a lot of anxiety from that period and the shock of it and trying to get through it. And one thing I've learned is that um, regardless of how I feel, that might be my emotional reality, but the higher reality is that I'm still okay, that I'm still God's son, that he's with me, that he loves me. And I think that's that that really like is a huge truth for me. And so, it, you know, that, that, that song means a lot to me. And I think that it's true for all of us, you know, um, sometimes even singing a song that we know is true, we don't feel the truth in it. And that's sort of like what that song is about is that it's okay <laughs> if you don't feel it immediately or you don't feel it after a while, the hope that you actually have is your greater reality than what you're feeling. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, this this album, and I've been listening to it for the last week or so, it feels, I mean, it's obviously not a worship album, but it feels like a gospel album. You totally. Know, um, you know, sometimes I put on like uh, an artist like uh, Thizzle or, or Flame or some of these Christian rappers, and they're not worship songs, but there's so much gospel in it that it's like my heart is worshiping and being encouraged. Um, it, it feels like that's the shift you guys made. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's just like I was saying earlier. I just think that's really natural to that I'm not in the place of working at a church, you know. And so, and I and I and like I said again, I know a lot of people can not work at a church and still write worship music. And um, but for some reason, it just doesn't feel like it. Just didn't feel like me. I think that my, you know, one thing that I just want to be able to keep doing down the line is just writing songs that are, you know, uh, dealing with emotionally how, where I'm at and how the gospel, um, meets me there, you know, right where I'm at. I think that that's something that I really want to, want to continue to tell my story and how people resonate with, you know, the, the, just the true, uh, ups and downs of life and, and and how you know Jesus speaks to us in those times. Now, as I was listening to the record, and I've you know probably listened to it at least kind of ten times through at this point, um, I, I, I checked out. I was checking on Apple Music and um, looking for some other thing, and I noticed there's two versions of the record. One's labeled clean, and one's labeled explicit. And then I checked the explicit version; it's just one song, right? Uh, on prayer, and so. Um, you know, I was wondering if you could uh, kind of walk through the process. Uh, you know, I've I've listened the the pre-release they gave us had the clean version, and then I've I've read the lyrics that yeah. they sent along uh, to the uh, quote-unquote explicit version. You know, and so right. if you could just kind of uh, walk through the process of the songwriting, the decision making, and just you know, just kind of share where that all came about. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's kind of a little bit of a complicated story. There's lots of angles on it, but, and it took me, I mean, we, I really labored in like getting counsel and, you know, talking to pastor friends of mine and, and praying and just having conversations with everybody in my life about what to do about that, that song. Um, 
the bottom line is that that song is straight <laughs> from the pit of my gut. It is the greatest thing that I fear and God's greatest response to me. And, um, I mean, so much so that I actually can't, I mean, I can't really still even listen to it without like losing it and bawling my eyes out. It means so much to me. And it, even recording it, it's like I did one take of the verses. I couldn't touch it for like a week. I did the, the ending like in a day. I couldn't touch it again, you know, and then I had to go back and like swap out like, you know, one or two of the like words with another take. But it's just like, it's been something that has been so emotional for me. And um, the song is about being afraid that one, I will run away from God and uh, end up being apart from hell. And that two, God will turn his back on me. And that uh, um, same thing, uh, that I would end up apart from him in hell. And those are the verses. And then the, the chorus is God's response to all of that, just complete dissonance with him that I'm feeling. And um, I have had really severe anxiety disorder my whole life. I've, you know, I mean, I literally I've done everything. I've had natural doctors. I've had like naturopath doctors. I've had regular doctors. I've had, you know, therapy and counseling and heart monitors and MRIs and like all kinds of stuff. And it's, it's really been a huge, a huge um, burden on me. And at the, at the, at the pit of that is a fear of not being safe. And, um, those, the, the times in my life where I feel like that it is not the voice of fear in my life is not poetic. It's not patient. It's not, um, it's not understanding. It is, is violent and it's aggressive and it's demanding. And, um, I think that's the voice that I basically captured in the original version of the song. Um, where, yeah, there's, there's like, cur there's a curse word that gets used twice. And that just came straight. Honestly, it just came from my journal. Like it just came from me. Um, those lyrics are, are just like an actual, actually praying to God and then actually just sitting on my piano and, and, singing, pouring my heart out to him saying, this is literally what I'm feeling like. And, you know, it was hard because that's the truth of like some of my conversations with God. And I mean, like, that's, that's my relationship with him is that he hears me and he completely understands me whether I say it or not. He already knows how afraid I am at times. And that is the fear that he addresses. Like me, that broken is how he loves me and comforts me and addresses me. And I think at the end of the day, I want people to know that that pe people that have felt like me and that, that, that I get it. Like that is how terrifying we are sometimes or terrified we are sometimes. And um, God already knows and he's okay with it because he has a greater answer. And so at the end of the day, like I just decided to keep it as vulnerable and as honest as I actually am as a person like that's actually me and for people who you know um 
just have a different conviction, even like biblically on language and stuff. I totally, completely respect. I mean, you don't know how much I respect that. Like, I understand kids. I understand youth groups. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, this is not a shock jock thing. I don't care about making a point. I'm not trying to convince anybody of anything when it comes to this language. That's not my heart at all. Um, my heart is to really be able to resonate with people that are suffering and um, just be honest. And so, you know, we released, we, I also made an edit of it and we released another version. And I think that that'll really help a lot of people who, I, th I think both versions of the song will be really powerful. But um, yeah, it just took me a long time to decide, am I going to edit this? This is like, is this too raw? The biggest question was, you know, does the world need to hear my private prayers to God? And I don't think that there's a black or white answer to that. And um, I think in this case, I decided um, I, I think that it will really be helpful to some people. And I also want to give people an alternative. So that's why there's two versions of the record. And that song is definitely like an anchor on the record. Um, but yeah, it's, it's there. I mean, it's, I'm just telling you, it's heavy <laughs> as you guys probably know, like, uh, it's very heavy. Um, yeah, I, I, I would say, and, and I listened to the record a few times through before knowing about the second or the, I guess the original version. Right. Uh, and, and for sure the song that impacted me the most on, on each listening was that song. Right. So, um, you know, we, we just wanted you to have the opportunity to address it and then, you know, people can, make up their own mind. And, and I think it's totally. good to hear somebody say, this is where I'm coming from instead of making assumptions or, uh, you know, honest truth is that there, there are guys, even guys we've had on this podcast that I have way, way bigger problems with some of the things they're about, you know, yeah, than, totally. than a word, um, you know, and, and totally. whatever. I, I actually think the, uh, the other, the clean lyric is, is a better turn of phrase, but that's my, you know, my take. Right. And yeah. so, um, to, to shift, a little bit. Um, there's ten people in your band, right? Is that is that the number? Yeah, I mean, up to you know, I mean, like we. Uh, it just depends on the show. We probably only play like a third of our shows with everybody like that. But coming in and out of the studio with me, yeah, there's there's like up there's like ten people that kind of rotate through and then work on the record with me. So. So that that's the the, the next question I have is, um, what does that look like? Is is King Kaleidoscope Chad? You know, is it is it Chad and the Heartbreakers, or is it a what's, what's the actual process in the in the room? Yeah, it's definitely um, it's definitely like Chad and friends vibe, like, and that's kind of the way that it's always been. Um, you know, like I I love producing music, and um, I just love arranging and. Um, when the band started, I just kind of like, I gathered around like the best people I knew and I wanted to make this big, like wild sound. And that's, you know, I wanted to have strings and, and horns. And so you get to 10 people really fast. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not hard to get that many people, but yeah, I mean like this record is a similar process to the last one where we had some jam sessions and we write some things as a group a little bit. Um, but most of the time I have, you know, like I, I start making demos and then I get a few people in at a time or one person at a time to the studio and we just spend hours 
just hashing out stuff where I'm just kind of one-on-one with somebody or, you know, just the rhythm sections here. And, um, I kind of get into like hyper producer mode and everybody else can just like shred on their given instrument or instruments and try to come up with stuff. And then I go back and chop it all up and, um, yeah, kind of arrange it into songs. So that's kind of how we, we work and worked that way on the last record and on this one. Hey, Ted, um, are you guys going to be doing any more touring? On your website, it says that, that you're just doing Creation Fest Northwest. Yeah. Um, are you going to be doing putting together a tour for this album? Yep. Uh, we're announcing it soon. I don't know if I can say anything about it. But, yeah, we have, we have a fair amount of stuff coming in the fall, more than we've ever done before. Um, and we're really excited about that. Um, with this record having such a like theme-driven concept, I think we're really going to pull in other cool songs from you know our past EPs and record, and really like shape a very cool um, sort of art show to to present to people. And so we're really looking forward to it. But yeah, you just you can keep up with us online, and we'll, we'll be announcing that soon. And um, hopefully, we'll be seeing you know most people in the country this year. Cool. Are you are you going to be doing like mostly churches or mostly just venues or mixture? Or? Yeah, it's a mixture. Um, you know, a lot, honestly, be, a lot of times churches are trying to book us to like play a show and lead worship on Sunday mornings, mm-hmm. and that's because like none of our like not a lot of our material is kind of suited for that anymore. We're pretty much just playing shows, um, and. So we're not playing as many churches as we have in the past, but uh, yeah, we'll be playing clubs and probably a few churches that are you know into hosting us for shows, which is awesome, and then um, as well as like probably some universities here and there. We, we did a lot of universities this year. So like with the album, are you um, are you hoping to kind of speak to a new audience and, and kind of gain listeners with a different direction? Um, I don't know. Not, I mean, not really. I, I, I still think we honestly have the same audience. I think, I think people that listen to becoming who we are and they kind of got it, like they're going to like this record too. I think people that just liked in Christ alone and coming out found, you know, or like in all creature, like just basically our hymns are going to definitely be like, their expectation is not going to be met at all with this record. Um, so yeah, that might that might be a little bit of a different crowd, but I don't know. It's like there's certain cities that we just find they 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 understand. I think the core of what we are, and they kind of follow us. And I think that you know overall that'll be that'll be the majority of of people. Like every time we go to L.A., it just feels like everybody gets it. <laughs> it feels so yeah. good. So it's like oh, they they get what we're about. You know, that's awesome. I think I think that that'll be. That, that feeling will ring true for the majority of people. But like I said, you know, people that basically just were into the hymns or wanting some new hymn arrangements for Sunday mornings, this this is going to be definitely a different record. Cool. I still haven't seen you guys live. I'm hoping to catch you sometime. Oh, every, yeah. Every Where time you come at? to the East, I'm in the East Coast, I'm in Virginia Beach, and I think that the closest you've been is like up in Northern Virginia. Yeah, we played at Liberty. Uh, yeah this year I, like my my whole all the college um members of my church took a big trip up there but 
Oh, um, man. I was out of town, so, but I, man, man I, I hope I, I get to see you guys. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's another thing is I think we're definitely a live band. Like, when people... I think people really understand us more when they see us live. Just across the board, we've always heard that. And um, so we're trying to play more shows, you know, so that people can kind of like, oh, clicks. Like, that's how they do that. or That's that's what they do. So. Now, Chad, uh, Javon Washington is a, a friend of mine. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, known him for a long time. And he used to, he's done some, some stuff with you guys with his rapping. And, and uh, so when I was listening to the record, one of the things that struck me is how uh, seamlessly genres were mixed and it didn't feel forced or faked that there was, there was pop, there was hip hop, there was rock, every, everything was going on. Um, right. and, and, uh, you know, if you had had some, some rapping on there, I would, you know, I think that would have been the, the thing that would have sent the, the, the record over the top for me. But, uh, yeah. can you talk to that? Cause you know, our, our audience is primarily uh, worship leaders and you were a, a worship leader for a long time. Right. Uh, you know, as our culture's musical diversity grows, um, can you talk about blending genres without it feeling like you're just, you know, without it feeling like Run DMC and, and uh, yeah, yeah, and Aerosmith, you know? I mean, I think that's just that's that's who I am as a musician. You know, I was a hip hop DJ all growing up. It's how I learned how to I, I learned how to produce and write songs by doing that and like making beats for you know rapping friend like rapper friends of mine in high school and stuff. Um, so once again, it's just natural. Like there's no intention of like, we've got to like break out of the box and, you know, make, make blend in hip hop because it's, you know, the biggest like musical art form now or something like, it's just really natural. And, um, I mean, I think with the rapping thing as well, like, uh, you know, I, like a lot of people have really wanted us to do like features and stuff like that and I'm trying to figure out how to say this I'll just say <laughs> that this summer well basically I would rather do an entire project that way than like have the token rapper on like the 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 rock record like you know the run DMC thing like we, we could do that but um, I'm trying to do a whole project like that and that is something that I'm starting to work on this summer with some pretty awesome artists. So I'll just leave it at that. Now, do you think in the future, because, um, you know, you were saying people that were into the hymns, uh, especially probably the um, the one EP, you know, do you think that's something like in an EP or a single format you might return to? I don't know. Um, you know, like, that's like what my dad asks me, you know, like my dad loves this record, but he's like, you know, he's like totally in that generation. It's like, oh, I just want to do more hymns. And I, t I was like talking with him about it the other day, and I was like, I don't know if there's that many other good hymns to do. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know that sounds like not. I mean, there probably is. I, mean, I know there is. But like a lot of the hymns that actually had really cool language and stories have been redone by great bands already or us. And uh, there's a lot of terrible hymns out there with really weird theology and, you know, like bad writing. And I, I, it, it feels like, man, I don't know if I want to like dig into that world to try to like find a needle in a haystack because the top 20 ones that like everybody loves, I feel like they've kind of been done already. Um, and you know, I, I don't know. I just, maybe if I, if I find myself like in that position in life where I'm 
leading at a church again and I, I'm like needing to write more material for that, then I'll totally do that. I think the position I'm in right now is like, you know, just writing stories that feel honest to me and that I think will really encourage other worship leaders and just other Christians in general. Like, I feel like I'm still writing gospel music for the big church. You know, much like you mentioned earlier, like the guys at like that Re at Reach Records do it. Um, it's definitely like it's it's worship music, but it's just not not Sunday music. So for the time being, I'll probably just keep doing that. But I'm not. I never say no to anything. So. Cool. Um, Adam or Chris, you guys got any other questions? Um, one thing you, you kind of mentioned, but I was I, I was going to ask prior to you talking about it was, so are you the primary uh, writer on the entire record, or do, do you collaborate at all with any of the songs? Yeah, so I'm, I'm the primary writer on all the songs. Um, and kind of producer, but I definitely collaborate lyrically. I always have. Um, the last record, I collaborated a ton with Brian Eichelberger, who um, was the like the main producer for all the Marceau records. He, he plays Keys and Citizens and Saints. And this record, just because of like life rhythms and stuff, I ended up being able to collaborate um, more with uh, Zach Bolin from Citizens and Saints. Like. We're really close buddies. We go to the same church. He's in my community group, and like I see him all the time. So he he co-wrote the lyrics on like seventy percent of the songs. Um, like a, a lot of the songs, you know, we texted back and forth, and then he he come over to my my place, and we'd hash out ideas for like a lot of them. Um, I think the only ones that I did completely by myself are the last three, three or four, oh, and dust kind of, but yeah, basically when the, when the record goes, like ends with this like <laughs> epic sweeping statement of all these emotions, <laughs> that's just me. Everything else that's like more reasonable is me and Zach. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. My other question was going to be, do you, do you still keep in, in touch with the guys from Citizens, <laughs> but apparently yes. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, Brian um, from Citizens, who you know produced them as well. He mixed he mixed this record just like he mixes. He's mixed almost everything we've done. Um, so we, him and I have a really great relationship because I you know I I get all ten people and go crazy and and really make all these you know just stuff kind of in a wild way, and then I'm able to bring it to him and together we can really like tidy it up and make sure that people can hear all the stuff that's going on. And that's incredibly important for this band. Like it, I couldn't do records like this without, without him. And then, yeah, like I said, I, I see Zach, Zach Bowen all the time. Um, if tonight's if tonight, Wednesday, yeah, I'll probably yeah. see him tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And my, my last question is this, cause you were talking about your, your live band, you guys have been playing for a long time. Um, and, if a if a worship leader out there is, is sitting there going, mm, I'd like I'd like to add strings or horns, or you know he's got like a uh, trumpet player or somebody saying, Hey, can I play even though I don't play guitar or bass? Um, do you have any thoughts for somebody who's wanting to incorporate more non um, CCM instruments 
into their into their church worship experience? Yeah, um, uh, the simplest thing I could say is just like uh, learn music. <laughs> like as a director, like if you have no idea what scale those instruments are in or like how to like read notation it'll always be hard <laughs> or you you should probably find somebody in the congregation that does or that you can collaborate with to help you you know where you can sing out the ideas you want them to play and then they can actually write them out and transcribe them for those instruments but the the thing is just like just and i am not like i'm, I'm by far not like good at this but I have over the years, like when I was doing that, I had to learn how to use Sibelius. Um, I had to like, you know, dust up on um, music theory and all of that's just really important. Like if you want to include all the different people in your church body and be the leader that like can bring all those musicians together, you just, you got to know music. And um, that goes way beyond, um, you know, just playing like acoustic guitar or if like you just not that's not your thing you know you got to be able to find somebody who who can come alongside you and, and assist you with that I think that's really important just having the mindset of like I'm going to include a lot of people and to do that I've got to understand more than just my instrument that's it for this week's episode as always please head over to the site get connected with us we want to connect with you and we want to connect you with others god bless you today